0: now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. I'm Tyler Riley, cop and a half.
1: I'm Melissa Maley, the spy.
2: I'm Tristan Miller, the saucy sleuth.
0: Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash ADCPod and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com ADC pod.
2: All right, so today we're talking about season three, episode three. Is that episode,
1: right? Episode five. Yeah. Episode
2: five. Okay, well, fine. Of, I guess, the Christie's Poirot series, uh, The Wasp's Nest.
1: Yeah. Wasps plural. And so that means that the apostrophe, so wasps is plural and also Mm -hmm. possessive is because it's their nest. So the apostrophe comes after the S and only there. That's a little grammar lesson for everybody. Mm
2: -hmm, Because it's not wasps nest.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I thought I'd just start adding it. (laughs) I thought I'd just start adding grammar tips into Mm -hmm. our podcast. That'd be good, right? A grammar podcast.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you know there's actually a very fun series, uh, not based off of grammar, we're talking about language in general, from Stephen Fry. I think it's still available on Audible called Fry's English Delights. It's very fun. That's all.
1: That sounds... for some reason, that made me hungry.
2: Oh, well, yeah. Um, like <laughs> Turkish delight. Um, and, and
1: like fry, like French mm, fries. Oh, God, mm. I want French fries.
2: Mm-hmm. It's By the way, we're two all minutes coming... in, <laughs> and we're already <laughs> talking about food.
0: Good, good, good. What do you expect?
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty, pretty on brand. We are recording this from quarantine. Hmm. Hello, happy quarantine, yeah. everyone. How are you doing? Are you okay? I don't think anyone's okay, but this is why we are—we're bringing you some content to hope you, hopefully, make you and us more okay. Uh, uh, you,
2: you got you, you got to do something. It also means we're recording remotely, so if there's any like strangeness audio-wise, hopefully, I fix it in post. But uh, just letting you know, <laughs> letting y'all yeah. know. That's the situation.
1: Bear with us. I am literally under a blanket right now.
2: (laughs) God bless. Um, (laughs) So uh, this episode starts, by the way, it's based off of another Poirot Investigates, um, which is fun. Uh, Which I think, generally speaking, the quality of the episodes that are based off of the short stories is higher. But that's me. Hmm. Um, so you can read this episode too, if you want. Um, so basically it starts because, uh, much like everyone right now, Poirot is going stir crazy because he hasn't had <laughs> any cases for a little bit.
1: Yeah. And he's um, hanging out with Japp and Hastings.
2: At like some sort of fair. Is
1: that now?
2: Is that... That's the next note I have.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Oh no, no, they're at a house.
1: Yeah. Um, and Jap is Jap's tummy is not doing good.
2: Yeah. at all. No. Yeah. It's in an immense amount of pains. Um that's yeah. a
0: transition waiting for his wife, right? Jap's wife?
2: Oh yes, right. That's right. An introduction to a character we have never met before and will not meet in this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, who knew he was married i sure didn't
0: all that build-up for what
1: (laughs) it's like chekhov's gun sort of somehow right
2: uh, yeah but like we we just never meet her in the episode which is very yeah so it's an anti-chekhov's gun
1: yeah that's right
2: chekhov's sword that's the opposite of a gun right (laughs)
1: yes that is words
2: (laughs) Uh,
1: oh yeah
2: are the opposite of a gun yeah so they're at the train station waiting for his wife and poirot hasn't had any cases and he's going nuts and then they go to the apartment right
1: they run hmm do they is that what they do next i don't remember exactly how but i know that hastings sees a is it just he sees her driving by he Ah. sees this woman and he's like oh i think i've seen her on the cover of a magazine and then they cut to her driving her car and looking down next to her at a magazine a copy of vogue upon which she is the cover person image um so yeah uh that was fun
2: uh, Hay- Hastings. Throughout this entire thing, is um, too horned. He's too horny. He is.
1: He is what? Too horned.
2: Yeah, too horned. Too horny. He's like about this woman, constantly commenting about how nice looking she is. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's is,
1: pretty tame for Hastings. As yeah, it is
2: consistent. If yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but then isn't the next thing they go to the fair? Or whatever well, no, we
1: actually, she, we meet her and her fiance. Uh, okay. her, her fiance is John Harrison. Mm-hmm. And she's like, look, this is me on the cover of a magazine. And he's like, that looks great. Good job, You're honey. So
2: lucky. Yeah.
1: And then they go to a fair. And right. And
2: then they go to the fair. I yeah. think that's right. Yeah. Um, and they all happen and to there's, be, be there. And Mm -hmm. a friend of John Harrison's and Molly Dean, who is the model, um, shows up and he's dressed as a clown because apparently he's like working an odd job for this fair and it's played by Peter Capaldi.
1: Oh my goodness. So, okay, let's talk about this for a second because I thought for a moment that actually for solid five minutes that it was Hugh Laurie. Oh, sure. And (laughs) so I looked it up. And I looked up uh, Hugh Laurie Poirot, and apparently as of December of last year, there is some talk of Hugh Laurie playing Poirot at some point. Interesting. So that's what I turned up, but then I went further into IMDB and found that, yes, indeed, it is Peter Capaldi. Mm -hmm. So that was fun, too.
2: I those who don't know who
0: that is... Where would we sure. know him from?
2: Oh, Doctor Who! Doctor Who, most recently. Oh, yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, he is doing a very serviceable English accent. He is originally from um, Glasgow, Scotland. There's a moment mm-hmm. later on where he says the word "murder" and he completely can't do it in a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny in it's an english solid. accent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, he like can't not do it in his Right, right, right. Yeah, he's like murder for and that's the only time he slips up. It's just like okay.
1: So a fun <laughs> bit of Doctor Who trivia is that they would not let David Tennant use his Scottish accent to play the doctor. But then Capaldi came on and they let him use his Scottish accent.
2: What I understand is they didn't let him. They were required by him <laughs> to use sure. it. Um, also, fun fact, he's an Oscar nominated writer um, oh. for a short film. Uh,
1: oh, that's yeah. fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes. so he's there a- as a clown. Um. And,
1: as- and we learned that he is the ex-fiancé as of like a year ago at the most of Molly Dean, the model. Oh.
2: Yeah. Um and then they bump into Poirot and it turns out John Harrison is old friends with Poirot like he's the, the literally the oldest friend he had since coming to England which is very right. sweet they have a very tender moment
1: and um, Poirot is reading tea leaves
2: very fun uh, did not which, like way to go
1: yeah and uh Hastings has become a uh, enamored with, not enamored with, but, you know, he's picked up the habit of, uh, of photography. So, yeah. I,
2: Yet he's taken
1: lots of pictures.
2: Classic bit from Hastings.
1: Oh, yeah. Paro says to Jap something like, you know, I give it three weeks at the most.
2: Yeah, I like how he is very, he's such a very typical man of, like, he's obsessed with gadgets and cars mm-hmm. and women and, like, Not paying attention.
1: (laughs) Yes, that is what men do. Listen. (laughs) Hashtag not
0: all men. Oh.
2: Listen, listen, as a man, I can speak to to this only from my personal experience. Um,
0: Hey,
1: and also, we know it's not all men. That's not the point.
2: Um. But yeah, so they all hang out and Poirot does some tea readings and I don't remember what.
1: Well, yeah, but he also, so Molly Dean sits down and says, oh, will you read my tea leaves? And he's like, but of course. And he reads her tea leaves and he's like, oh no, I, uh, this is awkward. Seems like things aren't going to go super well for you. Uh, And your fiancé, I see violence and darkness or something very ominous. Is what he reads. Yes. And when does Inspector Jap, is he there? Is he?
0: Yeah, he's hanging with them.
1: Yeah, his stomach's still terrible. Absolutely awful.
0: Um. Because I believe the next thing we see, it, well, as Paro is reading about the horribleness of what's going to befall this woman, mm. uh, the clown does some trick that makes an explosion noise and Jap is like, oh, somebody call the doctor.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems related. But yeah. So he goes to the hospital. Yeah.
2: He gets rushed out to the hospital. Yes. And then, um,
1: do we go back to the office where uh, Hastings converts bathroom into a dark room? Bathroom yeah. into a dark room.
2: <laughs> By the way, five dollar says the person that made up the term dark room was of some sort of German ancestry. It's a very practical. It's like, what do you do? What's that room? Well, it's dark in there. End oh, sure. of
1: thought. End of sentence. <laughs> yes. Utilitarian.
2: Um, yeah, very efficient.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, well, There's the uh, dark room in there, and uh, that's where you make the pictures. Um, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. uh, precisely. But he's converting that. The, the thing is a mess. Miss um, <laughs> uh, Lemon has class pass or something. She's going to an exercise. <laughs> Uh, oh class and she thinks uh, that she suggests that Poirot also take a class and he says there is nothing wrong wrong with the body of Poirot it is in perfect condition which did make me laugh we get some really good lines from Poirot
1: yeah it's really fun
2: this episode. Uh, oh
1: yeah also when Hastings is converting the bathroom into a dark room he says you don't need to get in here for like Uh, a couple of hours right and I was like oh no let me consult my calendar (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know whether that I'm going to have to take a piss
1: (laughs) Uh, so in in the meantime what's going on
2: we cut back to the couple right at the um at their house and uh molly is going on a uh on a trip she's leaving for a trip and right. he's like don't drive too fast now and she because you do that and he's, she's like i won't and then we cut to her driving way too fast and then mm-hmm. she gets into a car accident and says she has to stay where she was going for the next two days it was like some modeling gig or something yeah yeah.
1: And was something also wrong with her brakes or something? Something she, fishy is...
2: Yeah, she was like, "I the brakes didn't work, is what she said. Um, so,
1: kind of gets pulled into this, and I'm kind of losing the thread of how he does get pulled okay. into it.
0: Um he makes number himself involved.
2: Yeah, he, yes. he inserts himself because
1: Maybe he's that's bored.
2: why. <laughs> he's bored, and he met an old friend, and he just wants to hang out um they get invited to a fashion show as well which was quite fun um we did forget one thing at the beginning oh. of the episode there's this creepy old man oh with yeah a skull cane watching yeah. molly do something
1: yes exactly um
2: but uh, it's only important in a little bit um uh and then they go to the fashion show and molly is doing a walk in the fashion show And then the old man shows Mm -hmm. up again, and Poirot is very suspicious. And then uh, he runs out with Molly. But before they go into his car, Hastings manages to take a photo of him, which is very helpful.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Then they get in the car, and Molly's crying. And then they drive off. And Poirot is like, what is going on?
1: Yeah. So he's going around investigating, and... When he's talking to Claude the uh ex fiance at one point i i uh, he says, "What's you know, what are you even doing? There's been no crime?" And he's like, "Well, yes, but I am trying to prevent a crime that hasn't been committed yet, and isn't that the best case scenario, or something like that? I've totally butchered it, mm-hmm. but it was a very clever little witty piece of
2: mm-hmm.
1: piece of writing there where it's you know, the fortune telling kind of uh." theme going through um, where he's predicting that a crime will occur and trying uh, to to nip it in the bud.
2: Yeah. Um, and at some point Claude attempts to get rid of these wasps that are mm. on the estate because he's working as uh, like a handyman for um, John Harrison um, and Molly to a certain extent. And uh they don't go away and over the course of them not going away, Poirot gets stung by a wasp. And yes. then they go to the local pharmacists, the local doctors, um, to do some snooping. And Tyler, what happens there? Do you remember?
0: They go they have to somehow get into her records. Um so Poirot has Hastings try and distract her as only hastings can apparently so he just (laughs) asked her like very benign questions like have you run this shop by yourself she's like yeah i mean since my husband died thanks for bringing that up (laughs) and then
1: (laughs) yeah and he's super awkward she's yeah he is super awkward about it and he can't think of stuff he's so bad at lying
0: Ends up just, like, staring at her until she's like, do you need anything else? <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, sorry, we're leaving. Yeah. And so him them- somehow not knowing, like, you know, Paro ends up being finished with what he's doing. We have no idea if he actually completes the task or not, because, like, the camera only focuses in on um the uh, pharmacist and Hastings. Yeah, it is. It's real bizarre.
2: Um, sorry. And then this is where they go to the fashion show. Um, right. but I want to make a comment, like during a lot of these scenes, the camera is moving a lot. It's the, the way this is shot is really, really nice throughout. There's a lot of yeah. almost like, uh, 360 spins and stuff. It's very interesting. But then they go to the fashion show and the thing that we said there happens. <laughs> um, and then they go yeah. and visit, um, Jap in the hospital.
1: But wait, at the fashion show, there is a woman wearing a very distinctive pink dress. That, so in its current fashion. So it has only come out within the past couple of months. This is important.
2: Okay. I do Continue. not remember how. Oh, okay. Um, but that's fine. Um, but they go visit him at the doctor's. And Poirot is very distressed and grossed out by the whole... Off, he had a surgery so he's very like Ugh, that sounds nasty and quickly leaves but he drops off some chocolates for Jap, which is nice
1: yeah i assume he had his appendix out
2: that's that's what it feels like yeah um, he was in
1: some bad pain
2: yeah and then as he's yeah. getting released from the hospital he bumps into the man from the fashion show
1: Right, the creepy man with the skull cane. Yes.
2: And he calls up Poirot and Poirot says, "Thank you for telephoning," which is something I think we should bring back.
1: <laughs> yeah. "Thank you for telephoning," uh, yeah. especially in this day and age. <laughs>
2: mhm. Mm-hmm. Um so then we get to the la- we're in the home
0: stretch now.
1: Are we uh, now? Okay, it feels like more should have happened. <laughs>
0: I said uh, there was but like it's not terribly important to you know the mystery at hand mm-hmm.
2: um
1: so so yeah um, basically we're at a we're on the porch of John Harrison the fiance right is that yeah. where we're going yeah. now
2: yep do you want to do an ad break quick Hello everybody, this is Tristan Miller, the Saucy Sleuth. I want to thank you for listening. Just a reminder, you can go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod and get your free audiobook today. We're also a member of the Scavengers Network. You can go to scavengersnetwork.com and check out all of the great programming they have. They've been doing a lot of live streams lately during the quarantine. Um, I'm going to be doing some live streams of Jedi Knight, Jedi Outcast, which is a the first video game I ever owned, and I'm very excited to do that with you all. You can also go to our Patreon, patreon.com adcpod, to receive early access to episodes, as well as bonus episodes. We started reviewing Murder, She Wrote, and that will be exclusively available at the $1 level over at our Patreon. I think um, that's about it. Other than stay home, wash your hands, stay safe. And let's get back to the episode. So, we're on the porch then.
1: Yes. And John Harrison has a cup of tea that he's drinking, or yeah, right? And Poirot mm-hmm. comes over and is like, hey, what's up? How's it going? Um, let's. Before hold. we get to
2: this part, uh, there is something. Because Poirot visits before and then comes back later to watch the, the wasps get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, I feel sorry for the wasps because they have no air to Poirot to warn them. It's very <laughs> funny. <laughs> that Again, is funny. He, he gets some very good lines in this one. He's very funny. Um, But then he comes back to presumably watch the wasps get destroyed, and then this is where we see John Harrison on his veranda sipping tea.
1: Yeah. And Poirot starts going in on what's going on, and he has put together some things about Molly's relationship with her ex-fiancé, Peter Capaldi, or Claude, as he is called in this in this one. And on the visit to his place, or yeah, where he was like painting something on a ladder, Poirot had noticed that there was a portrait of Molly that said, you know, love you forever, XOXO XO. And, and <laughs> it was still up there and he's like, well, yeah, you know, I am still in love with her. What of it? And this dress that she was wearing in that was the same pink dress that was on the fashion model at the very recent show. So it couldn't have been from even a year ago when they were engaged. It had to have been more recent than that. Ah. And then there's, he remembers that on the teacup that he had read her tea leaves from at the little fair thing. She had like pink lipstick on or coral lipstick on or something. But then there was also red on the cup mm-hmm. that she had drunk from. And of course, Claude dressed as the clown was wearing red
2: oh.
1: ha- uh, face paint around his lips.
2: A very so, like, disturbing cutaway. They sh- show them making out, which is very strange to see a man in full clown makeup.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was real odd.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely snogging it out.
1: I feel like you need to, we can make out, but you need to take that clown makeup off. <laughs> Catch me later. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so from all of this, he's put together that he, uh, that not Claude, but John Harrison knew about the affair and was going to kill himself with a slow acting poison Mm -hmm. and blame it on Claude. And what else am I missing from that?
0: Well, from Um, that, um, because, uh, what's this nuts? It's dying. So that's mm -hmm. like, He's just trying to expedite the process so that it looks like Claude so they can never be happy. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. So he's trying to pin it on Claude. Um, pin the murder on Claude. Because at the pharmacist, what they were doing, and correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, they, Poirot found out that they had record of Claude buying this poison. So I it looked like wasps. Right. Exactly. So there it, it was a frame up so that he would be convicted of it.
2: And he also looked at the records to find out that John Harrison was, in fact, dying. He has two months to live. Yeah. Which is a bummer.
1: Yep.
2: Um. So, yeah, he was going to frame uh, Claude who would get hung, hanged, rather, yeah. for this. Um And Paro is like, you're not a murderer. And he's like, well, I'm gonna die soon anyway. And he's like, well, no, because I just put some, like, chalk or something in your tea. I switched it out. So, joke's on you. You're you're gonna live, but not for much longer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh. we're, we're gonna prolong your death. <laughs> but it'll... Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, well, that
2: way, you know, he doesn't frame his best friend for murder. Um, yes. It doesn't kill a man, essentially, which is good. Um, right, yeah. And then the wasps are still there, and John Harrison is like, well, I don't even mind them now. Um, <laughs> Poirot walks off into the sunset, tipping his hat, after John Harrison says thank you.
1: Yep. And he has lots of negatives hanging around in his bathroom.
2: Yeah, he, he does.
1: do 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 do
2: so, what do you guys think of this episode?
1: Tyler, I want to hear what you think.
0: Uh I give it, it's out of 5, right? Yeah. Uh, I give it a 3. Um It was interesting. Uh we got introduced to some fun characters. We um got to see Poro be a little bit more frazzled and sassy. Um, mhm. I mean, I I didn't really... I wasn't feeling very emotionally invested. Uh, I did like uh, the reveal in this episode. Yeah, it's about love and, like, no, there is no murder. But um, seeing Poirot's logic and, like, these little bits of information that we get piece by piece with the episode that don't really seem like much. um, Like, we get at one point, and I don't think it was talked about by us because it's not, like, that big. But um, Mm -hmm. at the estate, uh, there's a barrel for, like, all the runoff water from, like, the gutters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Poirot, like, smells petrol in there. And then we find out that, like, uh, Harrison has been emptying out the petrol into this runoff water barrel and just giving Claude just essentially just, like, water and nothing to work with. And that's why the wasps aren't leaving. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. It's like they were like a bit like surprising, like things I didn't think of or things that I didn't think were going to be employment uh, important, so I didn't pay too much attention to at first. And then when the reveal happened, I was like, oh, okay. I should have paid more attention to that or thought more into other yeah. things.
1: Yeah, it was really interesting. I really liked this one, even though nobody died. Isn't that unusual <laughs> for me? A little bit. No, uh, I give it a four. I thought it was really interesting. Um, it might be getting a Peter Capaldi bump. He was great, um, and it was really, it was really enjoyable to watch all of the Poirot, Japp, uh, Hastings banter stuff. They're all, <laughs> yeah. Poirot was in his peak form, and uh, it was just. I had a I had a really good time. It was very intriguing.
2: Um, I give it like a four out of five. Uh, and during the wrap up, I did not like. I had no idea where it was kind of going, which for me yeah. is very nice. Um, Poirot has a bunch of good lines. Haste, like it's everyone at their peak form. It's a very solid um, episode. It's not like my favorite. Um, it's- yeah, and this is a a thing in general that I've been kind of coming to grips with of like the pacing of the show is very slow. So it's hard for me to concentrate personally. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I think when we're doing the recap, it's sometimes hard to remember a hundred percent of what happens for me at least. Um, but this was engaging enough that I was more or less like on board everything. Um, but yeah, it was very good. I liked it. Four out of five.
1: Excellent. I think that's about it.
0: So I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to a close. Gavel! Thank you sound. all for listening and subscribe to that Patreon.
1: Yes, gavels.